COVID-19 pandemic has shown a need for the federal government to show some leadership in health care. Of course, the pandemic has been particularly hard on long-term care homes, exposing challenges faced by the system, which is heavily reliant on for-profit delivery. While the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives BC office, it's put out a new report that looks at setting federal standards in long-term care and continuing care. To speak more to the report, please to welcome to the show now a research associate with the CCPA and author of the report, Marcy Cohen. Marcy, how are you doing today? Good. Good to be on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate you doing this. So, of course, you know, in the October uh, speech from the throne that we had here just a couple of months ago, the federal government indicated it will be introducing some national standards for long-term care homes. I guess I'll just start with kind of the overarching question for you here, Marcy, but why do you think it is important for the federal government to be taking a lead on a, on a sector that's really, you know, for the, for the history of it, has always been kind of dictated by the provincial government? Right. So actually, and that's kind of the misreading of the history. So the, the, the federal government has always had spending powers, and they have a right under the Constitution to use those spending powers to um, say the conditions, what you have to do with the money you get from the federal government. And that was a lot of what happened in the 1960s when we built our hospitals. It was really federal money that came in and 50% provincial money, and that is what created our national system of of hospitals across the country so um and that's happened over the years um but there's always a problem when you go between the federal government and the provincial government in terms of setting conditions um so um what's happened in this instance is that the federal government said you know we'll just talk to the provinces and the provinces just give us the money but the commitment and the commitment that has come from the community really strongly is we need national standards and there is evidence from other countries that those countries that have national standards in long-term care do better so what we did um with this report is that we saw that the the actual throne speech announcement was exactly two months ago september 23rd um and the government said we're going to put in national standards. Nothing has happened since. So we said, you know, why don't you turn to the evidence? Here's what the evidence says the standards need to be. We've been talking about this stuff for years and years. There's been problems in seniors care and long-term care for years and years. So this is what the standards should look like. And taking the leadership and setting these standards and offering the province's money based on the standards isn't being, you know, oh, unfair to the provinces it's actually what leadership needs to look like and um and so that's basically the point of the paper and why we've put that notion forward so i guess what are some of the gaps that currently exist there's no shortage of them i think there's a number of of things we could list uh in terms of you know where where some shortfalls are being seen um but i guess if the federal government were to sort of take that leadership role when it comes to long-term care do you think there's some of these gaps that could you know quickly be uh, made up or filled in if you will and and kind of really help to improve long-term care in our country Absolutely. So the most important thing is to have more staff, more frontline staff, and have them working in permanent full-time jobs so they're not having to work at a bunch of different sites. And so that they're paying paid a decent enough wage that they want to stay and they develop a relationship with the residents. So, so um, if you put some money on the table and said use this to create new full-time jobs where there's career opportunities, um, that would make a huge difference and that is the most important thing that's needed so um that could be done it could have been done last month it could be done now mm-hmm. 
Um, and I know that that's something that's kind of tried to be worked on here uh, when you look at what's going on specifically in British Columbia, right? We have this single-site order that came into place as a result of this pandemic, which is something that, you know, when we kind of look back at it and, 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 and see how it has impacted the uh, spread of COVID-19, it kind of makes me wonder how it took a pandemic to get an order like that in place. But it's clearly something that, um, you know, we're seeing here in BC. It is paying dividends in terms of the spread of the virus, and I imagine something that the federal government could probably model itself after too. Absolutely. The, the BC has taken a really good leadership role and acted really quickly and many of the other provinces haven't. Um, and that single site order and providing extra money for the staff has made a difference and now they're talking about creating more jobs and creating more frontline positions. So BC has definitely been in the leadership role could be an example for other provinces and additional help from the federal government would only speed up and strengthen the process in bc um the only other province that's done something similar is quebec but many of the other provinces actually did nothing following um the first wave and so they're being hit very hard in the second wave how how significant of a problem do you think it is that there is such reliance in in long-term care and assisted care when it comes to for-profit care being um you know kind of the, the 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 backbone of it if you will i mean that's clearly something that you would almost look at and say well if i'm paying for a for-profit care for for my loved one you would almost expect it to be better but that's not really the case how significant of an issue do you think that is it's it's a very important issue so um the first thing to know is that the research shows that the outcomes are better in public um, for profit than they are in sorry public long term care than they are in for profit. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and it's still paid for by the public, so it's no cheaper to do it privately. And the other thing that's happening with for profit is that um, and it's also happening actually in some of the not for profit, and it's partly from uh, legacy from the previous government when they were trying to build new facilities and do it by paying workers less so they could contract out the work and they could pay them less. Um, and that means you've got a less stable workforce. It means that people have to work multiple jobs and they've been able to get away with it because their workforce is largely women and a lot of immigrant women. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, penny wise, pound foolish that actually you sh- this is skilled work. It requires a long-term commitment. You should be paying decent wages. And if people are there and they have relationships with residents, all the evidence is is the care is better. Um, And so that is going to save lives and, in fact, save money. Um, So it's it's been a really failed strategy, and it was a strategy that developed in the early 2000s when... um, the then newly elected Liberal government made some choices about breaking into the contract and contracting out and only building private facilities and all of those decisions which are now um, costing us a lot. How, how significant do you think it would be to, because one of the, the big highlights that I took from your paper was just around things like uh, transparency and, and accountability. And, and we know we saw the concerns that came out of the report on long-term care in Ontario and Quebec during this uh, pandemic. And it was really, really difficult to read through some of the things that were in that report mm-hmm. and, and some of the, the conditions that residents were living in. I imagine, you know, if we had more of a, a, a focus from the federal government on, on being the leader in this kind of department and moving to a more... Uh, public approach as opposed to a for-profit approach we would see those kinds of conditions hopefully um you know if, if not not exist and if they did at least there would be someone to answer to absolutely and your point about transparency is 
bang on. Because if, you know, you have to show that you're using the money to improve staffing, and that's public, and so that you can actually look at how different provinces are doing and different facilities are doing, then you kind of are creating some incentives for people to meet the goal because people know if they don't. So the, And th- that has been something that's been resisted in our health system for a long time, that kind of transparency and public accountability, and it would make a big difference, and it's something that the federal government has not been strong on either and is also an essential first step. As you went through and developed this paper and were writing it, I mean, was there any point where you kind of looked at the data you were collecting and looked at the the points that you were trying to put out here and say to yourself that, you know, it was almost surprising that we don't have um, the the federal government sort of leading the charge? I mean, you looked at some of the other other countries, you looked at uh, like Australia and then some of the standards that exist outside of Canada, and it seems to have a, a more effective approach. I guess, is there any point where you just looked at all the stuff you were putting on paper and saying, man, I can't believe we're still going this province-first approach. Absolutely. No question about it. And it's been a weakness in the Canadian system for a long time. And, you know, at the beginning of Medicare, um, Tommy Douglas said this is the first stage, the hospitals and the doctors. The next stage is the community care and continuing care. And we just not have not got to that second stage. And I think, it, you know, what the place where I shake my head most is the dysfunction and the jockeying for points between the federal and provincial governments and the way in which um, they, that continually, you know, the blame game, as they say, and happens. And it just really works against the public interest. And that really is a lot of motivation for our writing the report and putting out the standards and trying to get the discussion going is to say, we've got to be, move beyond this. You know, as, as a public, we have the right to some kind of accountability. We are the taxpayers. And um, it is not helpful for us to have everything behind closed doors and it being... Um, the provinces winning points and there's 10 of them versus one federal government so um yeah that is a lot of the motivation for what we're doing marcy i really appreciate you taking the time to run through this report i do think it's something that clearly has been exposed as a result of this pandemic and and i think it's going to have a a much deeper discussion too as we start to come out of it and and start to see some reform in long-term care and assisted care i think it's important Uh, anyone who has a loved one in that system i'm sure looks at it and says we definitely can do better and and i really appreciate you taking the time to lay out some ways that that can potentially be done anything else i appreciate it yeah anything else you want to add though that we may have missed that you want to highlight before i let you go um, well, I just would say that I'm thankful that we're in BC. Um, it's certainly not perfect, but it's good to see the province really making a good effort. And um, I really encourage people to get involved in the debate and really appreciate being on the show. Thank you so much, Marcy. Really appreciate this and, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. All right. That was Marcy Cohen, research associate with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives BC office and also co-author of the report entitled A Higher Standard, Setting Federal Standards in Long-Term Care, and continuing care. Yeah, 